about just singing, I love you, Jesus. Just raise your hands and sing it to your Savior. Oh, how I love Scarred hands. I love you, Jesus. I love the one who took my punishment. I love, I, love. I love the one who gave his life that I may live today. Oh, I love you, Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love you, Jesus. Sing it to the Lord of Lords. Sing it to Yeshua. It's the name that all things are possible in the name of Jesus. Anything you ask the Father in my name of Jesus. deny you therefore you will not deny me I love you songs of that old hymn. All to Jesus. Lord, I surrender. It's all to you, Jesus. I surrender just to take you as my very own. It's all to you, my Jesus. Oh, I surrender my life, my all, all to you, Jesus. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, 
our trials. I trust you in our tribulations. I trust you through the life. I trust you, my Jesus. I easily surrender to you, Lord, because I trust you with my own. I trust you with my own. Oh, my Lord, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. Right now, all your trials, all your cares, all your pain, surrender them to Jesus. He invited you and he said, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Cast them upon Jesus. Just cast them upon Jesus. Lay them here at the altar. Lay them there at your seat. Just place them at the feet of Jesus. Place them at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell the Lord that you love him right now. Just tell him that you love him. Oh, give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Give him praise. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here this morning. Would you turn to somebody next to you? Shake their hand, hug their neck. Tell them I love you in the love of the Lord. Tell them I'm so glad you've come to a day of celebration we've come to celebrate the Lord we've come to magnify his name and exalt his name together praise Jesus hallelujah hallelujah glory to God well we welcome you today so glad that you're here we bless you. Is anybody visiting us for the first time? Anybody at all? Would you raise your hand and wave at us? Anybody? We got a couple here from all the way from Heinston back there. God bless you. Good to have you. Anybody else? Anybody over here? Hallelujah. There you are. God bless you. Good to have y'all. Over here. God bless you. Good to have you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Let's give all our visitors a hand and let's thank God for them. Hallelujah. Let's thank God for them. Yeah, I see them. I got it. I got it. We're glad you're here and we bless you. Thank you for coming. We come, as the Lord told Moses to tell the Israelites when they are in 400 years of bondage, I want to take my people to my mountain and there I want them to have a celebration. But you know the Spanish Bible says I want them to go have a fiesta. So that's what we want to do today. We want to have a fiesta, hallelujah. We got the lights, we got the music, we got each other, and we got the presence of God, and we just want to have a good time. How many of you know, you, if you're not excited now, you're going to get excited when you get to heaven, hallelujah. So why not get excited now and praise Him? Because He's worthy of all the praise and all the glory. He's worthy of all the praise and all the glory, hallelujah. We're glad you're here. Also, it's so good to see. I saw Brother Scott standing up. Where's Brother Scott? 
There's Brother Scott. Your wife's here? Hey, where are you, girl? Stand up. Hallelujah. They moved to Georgia. We're so, we miss them. But it's so good to see them again. Glad you're here. We bless you. Is Erin here? Where's she at? Oh, she's in Georgia. Okay, she's still in Georgia. We're glad you're here. And even though they live in Georgia, they're still members here. We branded them. That, we just want you to know we got a branding service. And whenever they leave, we brand them W-O-G. Hallelujah. But it's so good to see y'all. We miss y'all. How, how you like the stuff? Uh, it's just the beginning. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here. I know the couples had a great time Friday night, and we're excited about what God is doing. Great to see all the couples. Great to see what God is doing. And I want to invite you, if you turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, I want to thank Sister Ann Gonzalez and her husband and all those who helped and made, did such an awesome job working in our flower beds and getting them to work there. So we appreciate that so much, and uh, we appreciate you being here, and we bless you. Colossians chapter 1, something I want to share with you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. This is such an awesome verse. I believe when I get through the book of Romans, we're going to study the book of Colossians. I love Colossians. It says in verse 10 that you might walk worthy, that you, even though you feel like you're not, you're going to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. You, may not, you might think it's a dream, but it's going to come to pass. Being fruitful in every good work. Yes, it is. And increasing, increasing. Never standing still about the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might. According to His glorious power for patience and long suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. That's what we've been doing. Thanking the Father who's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he has conveyed and translated us into the kingdom of his son or the kingdom of his love in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. I want to share with you for just a few minutes here that word that we once were part of the kingdom of darkness which is also the kingdom of grief, the kingdom of pain, the kingdom of sickness. It says we once were held in the Greek and brother... Um, uh, who wrote the Spirit-Filled Life, Jack Hayford, gives the interpretation of the Greek. We were also held captive. We were held hostages. How I many you know there's a lot of movies about hostages and, and you see about when somebody's holding somebody hostage and you see the fear on their faces and, and the, you don't know if you're going to live or you're going to die. You don't know what they're going to do next. We once were held hostages, but you see also that once they released the hostages, the ransom was paid and the hostages were set free. You see them running and they're just grabbing hold of their family. Well, the Bible says that we've been redeemed or we have been purchased. Our, our price was paid through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are no longer being held hostage by the enemy. The enemy has no more rights to hold you down because your ransom... Whoever you are, your ransom was paid fully through the blood of Jesus Christ. Your ransom was paid that the, host, the, those, the devil and his workers have no power to hold you down anymore. But I want you to know that word delivered there, it means to unglue, to loose. It speaks of a landslide. And in California, you may be seen this week, the mud that's just been going because of the rain. But the fire has burnt down the grass 
that holds the mud in its place. So now that the grass is gone, the mud is just loose to landslide and fill all the cracks and corners and cause people to lose everything they had. Well, I want you to know that's not what the devil does to you, but that's what Jesus did to the kingdom of darkness. Everything that held his kingdom together and every, it talks about every brick wall that was built around your life and your mind. Every cap, type of captivity that the devil thought he could do to you and your family, to the lineage, your lineage, into your family this talks about in the greek the martyr that holds every brick together starts being dissolved by the power that's in the power of the spirit of god and the martyr that holds your cell together starts dissolving and all it takes is one day for you to say in the name of jesus and just kick that wall down and say i'm getting out of this captivity it is not holding me down anymore the blood of jesus has paid my ransom i no longer belong to the hostages but i am free indeed by the spirit of christ jesus and the enemy gives no right to hold me because my ransom has been paid but what's awesome is that word also means and I don't mean this in a political way to uh, uh, um, get anybody angry. But it means that every devil of hell, the armies of hell, has been departed out of your territory. The army of hell has been defeated by the army of Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He didn't destroy the devil. How many you know the devil has not been destroyed? But he came to destroy the works of the devil. And so whatever works, he's been working on you. Whatever work, he's been working on you. Jesus came to destroy that work to deliver you and will continue to deliver you whatever walls the enemy tries to build around your mind or your heart. Those walls are starting to dissolve and now they've been kicked out of your territory because now, just like the Israelites, you're under the blood of your Redeemer who paid your ransom. You are on the blood of Jesus Christ. He went to the cross. He raised his hands. He cried out, their captivity, the power of the hostages, it's broken through my blood and through my sacrifice upon the cross for all mankind. And all you have to do is accept the price he paid for you. The word been translated means you have been transferred and removed from Satan's power into the kingdom of Jesus Christ out of his dominion, his control. And Second Peter 2.4 2, 2, talks about the chains of darkness have been broken over your life. As you get ready for your offerings and tithe and the ushers come, I want to pray a prayer over you because you can ask my wife. I was praying, Lord, what do you want? And there was a battle in the spirit realm. I was an hour just trying to see what God wanted to lead and then more than another hour trying to study and, and do this just for this offering scripture right here yesterday. But I felt in my spirit that the Holy Spirit of God wanted to visit this place and he wants to touch some lives and he wants to dissolve some martyrs that's been holding you, you down in some type of captivity activity and stronghold and that you're getting ready to say in the name of Jesus and kick them walls down and come out of those places of captivity and you may say there's no hope for me but the word of God says that you're going to go from captivity to fruitfulness you're going to go from being a hostage from binding the powers of the enemy yourself you are now the controlling army of Jesus Christ here on this earth through the power that raised Christ from the dead you're no longer a prisoner you've been set free I've come to set the captive is free, Jesus said. So receive the word, receive the promise, see the
the walls of the, your Jericho tumbling down, no matter how big and wide, no matter how long they've been there, no matter how many's been mocking that it will not happen, there's a sound. I hear a sound in the utter quietness of my cell, in the utter quietness of my desperation, in the quietness of my own inner pain. I hear a sound, and it's the sound of the shepherd saying, Be thou loosed and set free in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, be set free in the spirit of your mind, in your body, and in your life. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen. My life has led me down the road that's so uncertain. Now I am left alone. I am broken. Trying to find my way Trying to find a faith that's gone This time You're holding all the answers Tired of losing hope Taking chances On roads I've never seen the ones that bring me home. Give me a revelation. Show me what to do. Cause I've been trying to find my way. I haven't got a clue. Tell me, should I stay here? Or do I need to move? Give me a revelation. I've got nothing without you.
you thankful you have the Lord today? Amen. Hallelujah. Chris, can we turn a few more lights on? Hallelujah. Thank you. I want to make sure you can read your Bible and take notes. Thank God people want to read their Bibles and take notes. And we don't want to be responsible about you. Hey, you're out there. Whoa, hallelujah. Got some pretty people. Hallelujah. You look good today. Hallelujah. But isn't it awesome just experiencing worship of the Lord? So we bless you. See a few people uh, are warm. If some of the ushers could turn the air down, I can see some people are fanning. So we want to make sure you're comfortable. And uh, we're just glad you're here and we bless you. Well, I've got something I want to share with you today. Last week I touched a... Uh, you may say, oh, we're still on Blue's Clues. Well, that's my favorite show. <laughs> I can understand that. And last week I was sharing with you in the area of clues to get out of your blues. And we read the scripture in 1 Kings 19.4. I won't go all through the story again because I just want to touch this last point I ended with last week. It says, take my life. Elijah got to the point, this awesome man of God, got to the point where he said, take my life for I am no better. Did you ever, did you ever say that? I'm no better. I'm no better. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no better than my brother. I'm no better than my sister. I'm no better than my family who have already died. And I shared with you on the last point burnout loneliness and comparison is a big reason why we go through depression and so we've got to get clues how to get out of our depression and so I, sh I shared last week as I ended in the air of a comparison and I've had a number of people tell me things and I had one precious brother tell me that he put some of the stuff on Facebook and it stirred some religious people up in who lived in different cities and he said I need some scriptures about comparison well, I started digging, and today I'm going to fill you up like a turkey. <laughs> and I'm going to give you some word, because I took it easy on you last week, but I'm going to give you some scriptures. Because listen, comparison, I showed it with you last week, comparison will ruin your life. It'll, it'll make you miserable, and it'll bring you down in depression. Because listen, none of us are called to be number one. Comparison will, will just drive you into competition. I mean, I was thinking I was uh, about some uh, home movies we have. And when Cody was still in diapers, we had a reunion at my grandpa and grandma's house. And, and Cody was still in diapers. And my cousin had his son, Brian, who was also in diapers. And we had a slip and slide. And we made a race. You know how you do with turtles? Well, we put our kids on the slip and slide. And they had to run all the way to the end. And, we wanted, and they were barely walking. And they'd fall down and all that. And we wanted to say who, see who would win. Well, his kid was winning, and then my kids start winning. And so I finally said, you know, this is enough of this. So I went and grabbed my kid, backed up to the starting line, and I threw him. But when he came to the end of the slip and slide, he just kept on growing, growing on, on, the, on, the, on the grass, bless his heart. So you wondered, what happened to Cody? That's what happened to Cody. <laughs> you know, his daddy used to throw him around because, son, we're going to win. If you can't win one way, we're going to win another way. But aren't you glad your heavenly Father's not that way with you? He loves you and He cares for you. And He's not going to do that to you. Thank God. Amen. I want you to hear a few things here. Instead of thinking about what you're missing, try thinking about what you have that everyone else is missing. Just spend more time thinking about how much you have in the Lord and how much you have in your family and your life. Listen to this. This is so important. Please listen. 
A problem with comparing yourself to others is wanting approval from them. And that's how you end up letting them control the way you feel. That is a powerful statement. Can I say it again? A problem with comparing yourself to others is wanting approval from them so that you let others control the way you feel. And you know, no matter what you do to try to make them feel like they like you, somebody's always going to outdo you, and you're always going to feel like, here I am. I'm back down to number three. I'm back down to number four. But the truth is, aren't you thankful you have a heavenly father that you don't have to do nothing for his approval? You're already approved in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to share a scripture, one of the first scriptures here. I want you to see this. This is so important. Don't bother your head about braggarts. Don't bother your head about people who are always bragging about themselves or about other things. And you start saying, you see, I knew I was a failure. Don't bother your head about braggarts or wish you could succeed like the wicked. In no time they'll shrivel like grass clippings and wilt like cut flowers in the sun. Look at verse 3 and 4. Get insurance with God and do a good deed. Settle down and stick to your last. Keep company with God. Get in on the best. Verses 5 and 6. Open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll do whatever needs to be done. And I love this next part. He'll validate your life. He'll validate your life in the clear of the light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. Verse 7 says, what happened? Verse 7 says, Quiet down before God. Shh. Be prayerful, prayerful before Him. Don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top. Verse 8 and 9. Bridle your anger. The Bible, King James Bible says twice, fret not. The word fret means to boil over with anger. Bridle your anger, trash your wrath, cool your pipes. It only makes things worse. Before long, the crooks will be bankrupt. God investors will own the store. We only make our lives miserable when we look at those at the top. And you know the interesting thing, that word wicked, you probably think that word wicked means the sinner. But in the Greek, in the Hebrew, you know what that word wicked means? Those who's leaving the perfect will of God and going off on their own. I'm going to do this my way. I don't have time to, to ex expect people to, to help me. Uh, people have never helped me. They've hurt me instead of helped me. So I'm just going to find my own way to get to the top. And he says, don't try to be or copy or even want to have what those people have. You just be who you are. I want to show you this. Uh, the New King James says this, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. We're studying about endurance. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret. Because of him who prospers in his way. Do not fret. Verse 8. It only causes harm. Don't worry about those who's going in the opposite direction of God. You keep heading towards God. Because he says he's going to validate you. And he's going to stamp his approval on you. Amen. Now look at this next. Psalm 73, 1 through 5. Look what it says. No doubt about it. God is good. Amen. Good to good people. And good to the good hearted. You see he's in love with a good hearted woman too. A good hearted man too. Listen, but listen to what David says. Listen to this now. Oh, you country people, y'all got that? Okay. Listen to this. But I nearly missed it. 
Take heed to that. How did David almost nearly miss it? I missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to the people at the top. God is so good. He's so awesome. He wants to bless his people. We know God wants to bless us. But I almost missed the blessing of God because I was so busy looking at those who seemed to have it all. I was so busy comparing my little to their big. I was so busy comparing their house to my house. I was so busy comparing their marriage to my marriage. I was so busy comparing that I almost missed it. Looking up to the people at the top. Envying the wicked who have made it. Who have nothing to worry about. Not a care in the whole wide world. Verse 12 and 14. On the next slide. It says... What's going on here? Is God out to lunch? Nobody's tending the store. The wicked get by with everything. Have you ever thought that? They have made it. Piling up riches. I've been stupid. Listen to what David says here. I've been stupid to play by the rules. What has it gotten me? Isn't it great when a man of God starts opening up and telling his real feelings? I've lived the life, I've paid my tithe, I've gone to church, I've done everything I can. And look where I am and look where they who are sinners are. Is God out to lunch? What's wrong with this? It's not working. Listen to what David's saying. What has it gotten me? A long run of bad luck. That's what? And a slap in the face every time I walk out the door. You see, David's complaining to God. David complained a lot. But then all of a sudden the Spirit of God will rise up within him. And then in verse 21 and 24... It goes on to say, when I was beleaguered and bitter, see, he was bitter, totally consumed by envy, there's your competition, I was totally ignorant, I was a dumb ox in your very presence, I'm still in your presence, but now you've taken me by the hand, you wisely and tenderly lead me, you see what it says there, you lead me and then you bless me. I shared with you my story last week. God, why do they have everything? You've had the privilege of living by faith. You allow me to lead you. If you're wondering today, why am I not where other people are? It's because God is taking you by the hand. He's letting you mature. He's growing you up. And that's what this message is about today. About maturing in your heart, maturing in your spirit. Not being anymore. And you'll see David uses this word. Not being spoiled children. Pouting and falling into self-pity. Because I'm not where I feel I need to be. Because they may be ahead of me, but they may not stay there long. You see what the word is saying here? And I want to show you some more. Proverbs 23, 17 through 18. Don't envy sinners, but always continue to fear the Lord. Look at verse 18. You will be rewarded. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you will be rewarded for this your hope and not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Take a hold of that. You will not be disappointed. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's allowing you to grow up in areas of life. So you hold on to that. Now let me share a few things with you. Comparison and envy. You need to write this down. It'll sabotage and trip you up from the best that God has for you. Let me share a few things that some doctors wrote about what comparison and envy does. Listen to this. This is what it will do, how it will sabotage you. Number one, 
If you are living in the area of comparison, you will never be established or have rest in your identity in Christ. How can I be established in my identity when I'm always trying to be like somebody else? People's always trying to push, I tried pushing me to be like somebody else when God's called me to be me and his approval is upon Russell, not upon T.D. Jakes Jr. His approval is upon Russell in jeans and not Benny Hinn with the little outfit. That's him, that's not me. My place is not to be envious and try to run into somebody else's identity. I will never have peace and rest as long as I'm trying to pray like my brother prays. You know, I just don't feel like I'm close to God. I can't pray like he can pray, but God hears you just as good as God hears me. You know, if I can't end up preaching as good as that brother preaches, I may as well call it quits. If I can't teach as well as that sister teaches, I may as well call it quits. Let me ask you, God spoke this to my heart, and this is for somebody here today. If Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, would have been like a lot of believers, Holy Spirit spoke this to me this week. I wrote it down. It's a classic, and I'm going to write a book about it because it's an original. Listen to this. If Elizabeth... The mother of John the Baptist was like some of us believers. Instead of praising the Messiah in the womb of Mary, we would have had a pity party and got angry and said, I'm older. I should have the Messiah. She should have John. Woo! God, let me tell you who ought to have that gift. I ought to have the Messiah and she ought to have John. Why should I, who've never had a child, have the one who goes ahead of the one of the woman who doesn't even have a husband? Why should that fatherless child end up being with a CD label, being well-known, have been on radio and on TV, and my son is this way and that way, and he's not known, and that child who was raised on the streets using drug is now one of the most known singers in Christian music. That's not fair, God. I raised my child to be the perfect child, and this child has it all. I should have the microphone. Hello, church. Hello, church. I should be sitting up front. I should be on staff. I should get reserved parking. I, I, I. Can you imagine? No, what did Elizabeth do? My babe leaped when I heard your voice. The mother of my Messiah. You are the greatest. Listen to what she was able to say. People who have a problem with comparison will never celebrate someone else's success, calling, or position. What was she able to say? You are the greatest among women. She didn't say... Oh, it should be me. Why isn't it me? Why can't I have the privilege of being pregnant with God's son? She took second place and rejoiced with the one in first place. And she was content in just being pregnant with the forerunner. Comparison could stop the glory of God from coming. 
Let that sink in. We all wish we could sing. But we're not all supposed to sing as good as some people sing. We all wish we could preach or teach. We all wish we could be this or be that. We all wonder, Lord, you're leading me down this road that don't make any sense. And where is it going? And that's why I keep telling you stories where we were. When we were in language school and we first, uh, Sister Evie met us without knowing that we'd be her pastor 20-something years later. Met us in language school in the valley in 1984. We came off two years in the mission field. Started over 20 churches. I had to get a part-time job at night working with this Swedish guy laying down carpet. And he was a big man. And he would lay the carpet down and his pants would come down here and I had to get behind him with a tool and push the carpet on the nails. And so my nose and my eyes were right by this God-made crack. (laughs) And every night till midnight and one o'clock... To make money to eat, besides preaching at the little Spanish churches so we could eat bean and tortillas with them, I'd get part-time job to make money to pay rent and to eat. And I had to work behind this man. And I'm, I'm looking at this image while I'm doing this. And I'm wondering, Lord, why me? Why is this happening to me? The other students are living in nice homes, nice campers. They're eating, they're eating at restaurants right now. And I'm eating a sandwich behind this... Behind. It's just not fair. But God was leading me by the hand. He's saying, Russell, you can't see it now. But you're eating rice and beans on Christmas with your hands with the Indians. But in 20-something years from now, you're going to be eating in the governor's mansion with Governor Bobby Jindal and ministering to him at at his table. You may be behind a crack right now. (laughs) But I'm going to open... A door. (laughs) I need to take the crack man to Baton Rouge to be one of the ministers who are privileged to lay hands in setting Bobby Jindal as governor over the state of Louisiana. And I need you on your knees behind this man now So I can have you on your knees before the governor then. Because I've got things prepared that your eyes haven't seen or your ears have heard or your heart has received. So before you start saying you should be the one pregnant and before you start saying you should be the one with the microphone and before you start saying that you can outdo this one and you can outdo that one and before you start saying you ought to have this and you ought to have that before you start telling me the things you ought to have because you see other people who have it you need to learn to rejoice and be content with what you have because I've given you what you have because I'm preparing you for what I'm going to give you in the the future but you've got to be prepared for what I have for you in the future right now I can't tell you that I some super spiritual people could tell you that that crack turned into the face of the governor it did not do that 
All I saw for months was the same thing. What you're looking at right now is not the end of your life story, my brother and my sister. Wherever you are right now in life, whatever your circumstances may be, it's not the end of your story. He says, I'm going to validate you. I'm going to validate you and I'm going to put my seal of approval on you because I haven't called you to walk a walk a lifestyle for the approval of men. I haven't called you to be a copycat of somebody else. I've called you to be an original and I'm going to bring original people and I'm going to have an, an original church and it's going to be different than others and you're going to be different and the people are going to be different because I'm going to put something inside of you to teach people in South America, people in Central Louisiana and people around the world I love my people. I want a variety I'm made of variety I'm not a cookie cutter God I'm a God that creates universes every day because I love change and I love people and I love uniqueness and I like who you are amen uh, at what point how many points did, okay listen to this that was the first point oh Lord listen to this this is what comparison will do it will build your insecurities and never allow you to be totally healed of what's happened to you in the past. As long as you're comparison, you'll be insecure. You know, most pastors, when they get together, they want to know how many members you're running. I hardly ever tell a pastor. I, I hardly ever tell a pastor how many I'm running. Because a lot of times when I know how many they're running, I don't want to say something that would hurt them because it hurts when you've had a church and you're running 60, 70 people. It's hard. When somebody comes up and tells you, oh, we're running over 500, bless God. And I don't, I just say, I don't, well, I'm telling you, it's a bunch. But I'm glad to hear what God's doing about you. I don't have to talk about me and my church. I say, how's your church doing? How are you doing? I bet you're doing a good job. In fact, I looked at your website. It's looking good. I don't need my insecurities healed by putting someone else down or comparing myself to somebody else. Comparison means I am ungrateful for what God has given me. Look what God's given them. Well, let's see what God's given you. He can't bless ungratefulness. Comparison causes me to strive against God's sovereignty and wisdom and questioning why are you giving these gifts and why are they different in my brothers and my sisters than I have. In comparison, my heart is motivated by the fundamental level, level by any element of self-interest, self-preservation, and self-promotion. When I have a heart like that, it is hard to celebrate my brothers' and my sisters' victories. When all my energies should be focused upon the war with the enemy of my soul, I'm spending my energy and being diverted away from the truth by examining what others have and I do not have. Therefore, my energy is spent not on the war, but on losing the war. Since envy, when it's full grown, causes murder, I have seeds of murder within my heart. My carnality is hurting the unity. My comparison is hurting the unity of the body of Christ. It is hurting the preparation of the bride. 
Therefore, it is slowing down the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Unity will bring Christ. Comparison divides. For one of the definitions of comparison is pain felt when someone has what you have, want and is what you want to be. Pain. Comparison is pain. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 21, envy and murders, work of the flesh, which will not inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to, listen to uh, Galatians 5, 26 in the message translation. I didn't write this down. I'm sorry, but let me tell you what it says. Uh, Galatians 5, 21 in the message. That means we will not compare, there's the word, we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better or another worse. We have four more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Is that the word? Is that the word? We do not spend our lives comparing ourselves to one another. Which one's better? Which one's worse? There's more interesting things to do with our life than living it comparing. It's being an original. Amen? The word for envy in the vines is the feeling of displeasure produced by witnessing or hearing of the advantage or the prosperity of others. It's the painful, resentful awareness of the advantage enjoyed by another joined with the desire to possess the same advantage. It's pain or distress we feel over another's success. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 4.4 4. Then I observed all the work and the ambition motivated by envy. What a waste. Smoke and spitting into the wind. James 3.16 Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throats. Wow. Well, we're taking it downtown today, aren't we? The comparison causes division and fights and strife. And you can only hold so much anger inside. And that's why the word speaks about pacifying that anger and not fretting. Because it will build up to the point to where I will attack you. To make me feel like I'm better than you. I want to show you something. As Thanksgiving and Christmas coming around. This comparison. The salaries, the homes, the cars. Let me share something out of the Bible. Cain. Compared himself with Abel. His brother. And murdered him. Esau. Was compared to his brother Jacob. And wanted to murder him. Rachel. Compared her barrenness to Leah's unbarrenness that all Jacob had to do was spit and she was pregnant. Once again, brothers, brothers, and sisters. Isn't it something that when you look in the Bible, comparison had to do with more familiar family than it did with anybody else? Listen to this one. Absalom had it out for his dad. And he wanted to murder his own dad. David's brothers compared themselves to David. And King Saul compared himself to David. Write this down. Comparison is threatening. It's a threat to you and it's a threat to others. 
because I want my life to be like theirs. Now let me show you this about the threat. Proverbs 10.30. This is the New Living Translation. Look at this very carefully. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Now look at this. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. People who have cancer in their bones don't know it right away. A lot of times when they find it, it's too late. I've been in the hospital room where they have put people in a soundproof room because the agony of the pain of the cancer in someone's bones. That's what comparison will do. Comparison, envy, and jealousy. Three of the seven worst sins. It will cause, it will eat on us as cancer slowly eats and destroys the structure. Bone speaks of the structure of our life and who makes you who you are. Comparison and envy and jealousy goes against the very structure, the morals, the personality, the character, the things that people love about you. It will start to eat away from the best of you and pretty soon you find people, their personalities, they don't, they don't even seem to be the same anymore. What's happened to them? They used to laugh and have a good time and now it seems like they're always shut in. What's going on here? When we live a life of comparison, it becomes a life-threatening disease, a character threatening the disease, a personality threatening disease how about Joseph's brothers I'm not going to bow to you sucker you're our little brother you think I'm going to bow to you but yet in due time God made him ruler and they did bow to him you cannot live a life of comparing, it's too big a price look at this parable by Jesus So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came in who were hard about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. They likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Isn't it something that we complain about things we agree to? Jesus, I surrender! Okay, well, give this to me. No. Verse 12. Saying, These last men have worked only an hour, and we have made equal, and they have made equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as to you. I wish, God says. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Amen? Look at this. Oh, I didn't give you the last one. I'm sorry, I left y'all behind. I'm sorry. Y'all didn't say nothing. Look at this, Psalms 131, 1 through 2. Lord, my heart is not proud and my eyes not too haughty. I don't, this is so important, look at this. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Let's stop right there. Why are they being blessed and I'm not? It's not fair that they have it and I don't. Look what David's saying. Wait a minute. If I want peace of mind, I'm not going to try to figure out 
some matters are not for me to know. Lord, I want to know, am I where I'm supposed to be? And am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing with what you gave me? Some matters are too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for his mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. How do I get away from comparison and envy and jealousy? I have to start weaning myself from it. In other words, I stop giving what my body's crying for. Do you remember getting rid of the chupetti, the sucker from the children? You remember when your children were stuck on that sucker and you would say, the noni or the, the, the uh, sucker is going bye-bye? Pacifier, thank you. Pacifier? Okay, now y'all know where I am. Okay, I'm speaking English now. <laughs> Chupete is Spanish. Okay, pacifier. Y'all remember when your kids had the uh, pacifier? And you said, oh, we lost the pacifier. Remember when you started taking them off the breast or the... Uh, I didn't do that, but remember when you start taking them off the breast or the bottle? Remember your kids? They still wanted it. Five years old, mouthful of teeth. They still want. I've seen them like that. They got teeth. <laughs> Poor mama. Anyway, it's hard to wean a child. Guess what? When we're mature, we're the child. But I want it. I want to be it. I want to have it. You said you're a good God? Then why aren't you good to me? Y'all still love me? Is it true or not? Like a weaned child. We got to slowly start weaning ourselves. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to compare myself. I know he's got a mouth full of teeth and I glue mine in, but I'm not going to compare myself. I know she wears a size 6 and I wear a size 12, but, and I want those shoes, but I'm not going to compare myself. I am who I am. I'll start weaning myself from lusting after who they are and be who I am and accept who God made me to be. Amen? Mm. John 3.27, John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. It's a snare from the enemy to get us mad. Listen, you know the bad thing about getting angry and getting mad, fretting over somebody else's prosperity? It causes us not only to become bitter at life, bitter at others, but bitter at God. So easy. You become bitter at God when things aren't going as good for me as it is someone else. So I become bitter. When I sh should be better. But I come bitter because I'm not better because I fell in the trap of self-promotion. Instead of promotion comes not from the north, south, or east, but from God. Amen. Galatians 6, 9 is a promise. And let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season. Somebody shout out, thank God for due season. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is a scripture God gave me yesterday, so it's not on the notes. I apologize. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You may have to take notes or use your Bible once like the old days. 
1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain. Your prayers, your steadfastness, your confession, your loving when it hurts, your giving when you don't have to give, your labor is not in vain. Can we give the Lord a praise for that? Your labor is not in vain. Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the faint. 31, they'll walk and not faint. Psalms 31, 23, for the Lord preserves the faithful. There's one of the answers right there. What do I do when I'm weaning myself? How can I overcome competition? How can I overcome complaining? How can I overcome comparison? Write this down. God preserves the faithful. Just stay faithful. Grow not weary and well-doing. Brother and sister, I was faithful behind that Swedish... Man, I was faithful when I had an old rinky car with a hole in the floorboard and I had more water and mud flying on me than the windshield outside. I was faithful. You stay faithful. He says, if you look at the promises for a faithful man, they, they, they do not end. You just stay faithful even when some people seem like they're passing you up. You stay faithful in little and you shall be rewarded with much. The word says it. Amen. For the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Verse 24, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All of you who hope in the Lord. Now write this one down because I, I just got it to Psalms 101 verse 6. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. My eyes shall be on the faithful. Somebody shout out faithful. Faithful of the land. Proverbs 20 verse 6. I do have that one. Proverbs. Well. Anyway, Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim... Okay. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? Listen to this. How many of you remember when the barracks, Marine barracks were blown up in Beirut during Reagan's presidency? It says the Marine Corps commander, Paul Kelly, visited some of the wounded survivors in the German hospital. Among them was Carf... Corporal Jeffrey Lee Nashton, severely wounded in the incident. Nashton had so many tubes running in and out of his body that a witness said he looked more like a machine than a man, yet he survived. As Kelly neared him, Nashton, struggling to move, racked with pain, motioned for a piece of paper and a pen. He wrote a brief note and passed it back to the commander. On the slip of paper was written two words, Simplify. The Latin motto the Marines used Forever faithful. With those two simple words, Nashton spoke for millions of Americans who had sacrificed body and limb and gave their lives for their country. Those who remained faithful. Can I hear an amen? amen. Chuck Colson told the story about when he was pre preached at San Quentin Prison, an opportunity he was anticipated, uh, and he was supposed to preach to 300 of the 2,200 inmates who agreed to come to the chapel to hear him. They found weapons in a certain place, closed it down, and they put him in a room with only a few. He spotted a video camera at the far end of the room, and he said to himself, maybe this is being recorded for the chapel library. Maybe I'll better give it all my all instead of just a little bit. He felt convicted, convicted for basing his moral and mood on the outer circumstances rather than the inner impulse of the spirit. So he preached with great fervor all through... Although a thousand inmates 
as though a thousand inmates were listening. Later he mentioned to the prison chaplain how disappointed he had been to have missed sharing the gospel with the 300 men who had originally signed up to attend. Didn't you know, said the chaplain? Because of the lockdown, the administration agreed to videotape your sermon. They are showing it to all the inmates tomorrow on closed-circuit television in the morning and again in the afternoon. In fact, the sermon was aired not just twice but nearly a dozen times over the following weeks because of the lockdown. Not 300, but all 2,200 prisoners heard the word of God. Mother Teresa said, God calls us to faithfulness. Not to success. When it is simple obedience to God, He blesses our efforts more than we can envision. Amen, church? Let me just give you a few more scriptures and I'll end here. Psalm 75, 6 and 7. For exaltation or promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west or from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and He exalts another. Proverbs 3.35, I'm almost through. 3.33, God curse blights the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He gives proud skeptics a cold shoulder, but if you're down on your luck, he's right there to help. Listen to this. Wise living gets rewarded with honor. Stupid living gets the booby trap. How many know we don't want the booby trap? Amen. Proverbs 10, 4 and B, uh, 14 verse B. But the hand of the diligent, somebody shout out diligent. I wasn't able to stay a whole lot of time. The first word was faithful. Now I want to give you this word diligent. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Why can't I see more blessing? Why don't I see more progression? Are you diligent in your prayer life? Are you diligent in studying the word? Are you diligent in going in church? Are you diligent in giving your tithes? Why all of this is happening? God is looking for faithfulness and he's looking for the diligent. He said in Proverbs uh, 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made what? Shall be made what? The soul of who? The diligent, the diligent. My last scripture here, Hebrews 4.11. Let us therefore be what? Diligent to enter into that rest. Lest anyone falling, fall according to the same example of disobedience. Not having diligence and not being faithful has a history of failures. God's not raising up a church of failures. God is raising up a church of more than overcomers. Listen to this. Nothing is so difficult that diligence cannot master. Write that down. Nothing is so difficult that diligence cannot master. You got a certain problem in a certain area? Stay diligent. You will overcome it. The expectations of life depend on diligence. Someone else says, what saves a man is to take a step and then another. For some people in grief, is to take a breath and then another. What we hope ever what we hope ever to do with ease, we must first learn to do with diligence. Be diligent, my brother and sister, with what you have. Be diligent to live in the presence of God and do the best you can for the fellow man. You know, I wish somebody would, you hear people say, I sure wish somebody would do that for me. Well, the question is, how many people have you done it for? I wish somebody was there to help me. How many people have you been helping? Or is it about 
how many people can help me? When are people going to respect me? Well, how many people do you respect? When are people going to accept me? How many people do you accept? He said in his word today, it's not who's better, it's not who's worse. We're accepted through the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, he just loves you because he does. He just accepts you because you accepted his son. It's not about what you have, what you can do, who you are, where you've been, what lineage you have, what bloodline you have. It's all because you accepted the bloodline of glory, which is Jesus Christ, his son. So wherever you are in his life, wherever you are in your struggle, I feel like a failure. My life is a failure. My marriage is a failure. My life is a failure. Listen, you've heard the good news today. Start being diligent. Stay faithful to God. No matter how many years it takes. It took 19 years before Joseph was in the place of his dream. It took 19, 21 years before David was in the place he was anointed for as a child. Just stay faithful and just stay diligent. And promotion will come from the Lord. Let's just bow our heads now, please, as I invite you to... Just search your heart. Just ask the Father just to show you right now through the Holy Spirit any areas of your life that you need to surrender afresh to Him. Any areas of being caught in that trap of comparison. And ask your helper, the Holy Spirit, the divine Spirit of God, to help you be weaned from these envy and jealousy and comparison that just causes us to get pulled down instead of lift us up. I'm going to pray with you about that for a minute, in a minute. But before I do, if you're here today and you don't know if you're saved, you have no assurance that your sins are forgiven. If you are here and you've been saved, but yet you know your life is not pleasing to God, but yet you would like to surrender afresh to Him today, right there where you are, would you just raise your hands and say, pray for me. I want to give my life over to Jesus. I want forgiveness of sins. God bless you, sir. I want to know that my life is right with God. Anyone at all. God bless you. I see that hand over there in the corner. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. See that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Raise it real high so I can see. God bless you. God bless you, little fella. God bless you. Someone else over here. Raise the hand real high so we can see it, please. Real high. Real high. God bless you. I see. I see those two hands. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. I want you to just bow your heads and pray this prayer with me. Say with me. Dear God, I thank you for loving me and giving your son, Jesus Christ, to ransom me from the power of the enemy. I repent and I am sorry for all my sins and the life that I have lived. Forgive me. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And I thank you now that I am born again. I'm saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's praise Him. Praise you, Lord. Sister Kathy and Brother Ricky, 
Others will be at the back door over there for you to follow them into their prayer room. They have Bibles, materials, tapes, CDs, things to help you and to give you in any area that you may be struggling. They'll be there to pray with you, minister to you. And uh, others will be there too. And, and we love you and we bless you. Now, let me pray over you. If you're here today, and just close your eyes. If you're here today and you are fighting in the area of comparisons, you feel like you have always been compared to yourself. You've never mounted up to who as being someone important or gifted. You have felt so many times rejected in your life because of your, where, the way you live, because of your education, because of your older brother or sister, your younger brother or sister, or just anything that maybe your mate or someone has told you to put you down and being compared to someone else. And you're just ready to get free from that. I want you to raise your hand. Just raise it up and put it back down. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, hands all over it. God bless you. Yes. Yes, God bless you. 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 Christians, be praying. I ask Christians to pray. Pray. Pray with all your heart. God bless you, young man. God bless you. Sherry, tell him I love him. Sherry David, tell him I love him. I love you. God bless you. Jesus. Father, I pray for those who acknowledge today before you, out of their hearts and out of their pain and out of their hurt, the scars and the pain from being compared to, being compared with, and living in a cycle of comparing themselves to others that they admire and they feel that are on the top. But Lord, you know the heart. You are our personal Lord and Savior over each and every one of us. We have not been born again to copy or to compete with someone else, but we're to be like Christ as you've called us to be. I pray for grace and a healing grace upon each and every one. You said to call upon you in our time of need and you would give us grace that is sufficient to meet any need. And I pray for your grace, Father, to come into the heart and the lives of each one who raised their hands and those who did not. Life of comparing and the bickering and the strife and the hurt and, and the, even the depression and the suicidal thoughts of I just don't mount up. If only I was normal. If only I was like him or her. Lord, I pray a healing and I pray that your spirit rescues those who've been down into that pit. I pray for your healing rain. I pray for your healing power. I pray that you heal your body that we may be a bride without spot or wrinkle. Heal the bride, Father. Heal the bride that we may be ready at your appearing. Heal this church and heal these precious people, the sheep of your pasture, Father. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Could you stand, please? And let's just give the Lord a hand. And let's thank Him for it. Let's thank Him for it. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Well, listen. We're going to be back here tonight at 6 o'clock to the letter of Philadelphia. The only church that was not rebuked in the book of Revelation. And we're going to study about a word church. We love you. God bless you. Would you dismiss us, Brother James? No, we just thank you for what you've done today, Lord, in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for those that have made commitments this morning, Lord. Those that, <clears throat> Father, have, uh, Lord, just 
exposed themselves, Lord, to be used and to be touched by you, Lord. I just thank you, Father, that you have taught us some things today, some key components to our lives being fulfilled in you, Lord. And we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And we ask you to keep everyone safe as they go their separate ways. Let families just come together, Lord, and have a good day today, Lord, and bring everybody back safe tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.